Welcome to Growth Mindset University. My name is Jordan Paris, 21-year-old author and host of this show. And with this show, you and I will embark on a journey to learn the things that we should have learned in school but did not, so that we may take control of our lives while fulfilling our vision of success. Each episode will feature a brand new lesson, and now it's time for today's lesson. So put your thinking cap on because school is now in session. All right, my guest today played in the NFL for the Cleveland Browns. He is the founder of Quirks, which connects businesses and athletes. He's also the co-founder of a real estate investment trust, Corey Jackson. Welcome to the show. I appreciate you for having me, Jordan. Thanks. Yeah, man, you're you're a real good guy, man. We went through some technical difficulties to get on here, but you're ready and willing to adapt and change and and staying positive throughout it. And so I appreciate that, my man. You're a good guy. Yeah, that's the name of the game, man. Adapt, change, grow, keep going, right? <laughs> yes, sir. So, Corey, what I want to sort of do is go along your timeline here. What are, what was your upbringing like? Yeah, so so I grew up in a very small town um, in South Carolina, a town called Cassett. Um, very, 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 very humble beginnings, right? Um, we literally um, was in a single-wide mobile home, seven to eight people at any given time. Um, my parents had five kids, had us all back to back to back to back, right? Um, and so um, we, we were struggling economically. And, and so um, one of the things that I wanted to do is I wanted to find a way to escape right, from, from struggling that way. And I got attracted to sports early on. Um, and so when I was five years old, I promised myself that I would become a professional athlete. Um, and, and I felt like that would be the answer to me evolving and helping my family kind of uh, grow up out of our circumstances and the situation. Um, and so um, something very um, um, awesome happened to me uh, when I was about six years old, my dad um, was working at this cotton mill. And I don't know if you're familiar with a cotton mill, but it's uh, they pretty much are like weaving cotton all day long. And it's it's a, like a sweatshop. It's like 120 degree temperatures year Ooh, round. That and, sounds rough, man. Yeah. And, and so my dad used to come home like drenched in sweat from head to toe, you know. And um, it was really, really interesting thing that happened. Um my dad was struggling. He, he didn't graduate high school, so he grew up really different. Um, he grew up, you know, sharecropping. And, you know, it was really the South. Like, it was really, you know, working other people's land, just doing those type of things. Um, and so he's working in this cotton mill, has these five little babies and a wife, and a promotion came open. And so he applied for this promotion, and the supervisor actually let him start working the job. And so he's working this job, right? And he does this for maybe a couple months. And then the supervisor calls everyone in and says, hey, listen, we made a decision on who we're going to go with long term on the job. And he chose this other guy, you know. And so my dad really wasn't tripping. But what happened after that, like, shaped the destiny of pretty much our family. Um, he chose the other guy. My dad leaves the office. They call him back into the office and say, hey, listen, um, we need you to teach this other guy how to do this job. Now, 
obviously, you know, my dad is black. The other guy was white. And mm. my dad couldn't understand why if this guy didn't understand how to do the job, how is he more qualified than he was to have the job, right? And he literally, right there on the spot, grabbed his coat, walked out. Um, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, like, like just walked out. Now, five babies, a wife, bills, all these things. He walks out. And I can only imagine what's going through his mind, right? Like he has to go home to his wife and tell him he just walked off of his job. And so I, he could have went a million different places, right? Like, I mean, think about where your mind goes. You're like, I can't take care of these babies. I can't take care of my wife. Um, he could have just drove past the house and kept going, right? Like, I'm not doing this, right? Um, but he came home and my mom just like laid him out. Like she just like went into him. Like, what are you doing? This is crazy. Like, I mean, she just let him have it. Um, and so maybe like a couple of weeks went by and he doesn't have a job and he's passing this building that's vacant. And he says, he has this idea. He says, man, I can put my business in this building. The business that he doesn't have, right? Um, never ran a business before. Didn't understand anything about business, but he just had an idea. So he drove, drives up, finds the owner of the building, starts talking to him and literally convinced the owner to give him the keys. My dad had no money convinced the owner to give him the keys to the building and let him move into the building and start his business uh, like right then on the spot. And so, you know, our life, we didn't become like ultra wealthy and all this stuff. But what happened was it changed our family dynamic. We realized that we can control our own destiny and it changed us forever. And, and so when you ask me about my childhood, like that is the most vivid memory I have of being, being a kid. Mm, that's such an incredible story. Sounds like an amazing father, someone who would take that leap of faith. And like you said, I guess the lesson there that the greatest lesson your father taught you was that you can take control of your life. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, especially when, when the chips is against you and when most people would complain, right? Most people would just say, hey, they, they wouldn't give me the promotion or they just have to live with the idea of not having what they wanted. He, w- he didn't settle for that. Yeah, the default is complain and blame, yeah. blame even. Yeah. yeah, but he took responsibility for his results. I really admire that. So, Corey, after high school then, what was sort of going through high school like for you and then the aftermath of it? Yeah, so so I was a terrible student, struggled minorly um, um, at reading, um, comprehension, just just struggled, didn't have good grades, but I was a great athlete. And so, yeah. so, so my senior year, my guidance counselor basically told me like, you're not college material. You're not going to be able to play college sports. You're not going to get a degree. I mean, and he had the facts to back it up. It was, it was true. Right. <laughs> and, and so, um, what I tell people though, is the facts are the facts and, and, and you can't argue with the facts, but what people don't know is what you're willing to do next. Right. And so what he couldn't account for, what my guidance counselor couldn't account for was what I was willing to do after the fact. And so I graduated high school, take a job at Walmart, making $7 an hour, um, realized that wasn't enough money. So I took another job at this uh, factory, making $7 an hour. So I have two jobs now. Um, so I would go to work at 7 in the morning at the factory, get off at 4, and then at 4.30 to 11, I would go to Walmart and work there. Um, did this for a year, a year of my life. Um, realized that I didn't like that. Um, and so as I'm going through this process, I almost get to the point where I'm making excuses, right? Like, why is this happening to me? Throwing this pity party. And I remember having this conversation with myself 
And literally, I heard myself say, no one puts you here so no one can keep you there. And it was just a simple thing, right? Like no one made you in this, put you in this situation so no one can keep you in this situation. And I literally uh, got up, went to Walmart, quit my job, heard about a junior college uh, out in Texas, uh, Ranger College, and I was a basketball player at the time. Went to the bus station, bought a one-way bus ticket, you know, jumped on the bus. And, and what's really unique about this story, Jordan, is for whatever reason, I didn't call the school. I didn't enroll in the school. I didn't apply for the school. No one at the school knew I existed. But I'm jumping on this bus because I'm going to, to fulfill my destiny. Yeah, to take control of your life. And so people, people always ask me, like, how, how did you do that? And why did you do that? And the truth is, I saw it before. I experienced it, like, in real time with a, with a man that had five kids and a wife. You know, I'm, I'm a 19-year-old kid with no responsibilities. And so that was the blueprint for me. And so I jump on this bus, go two days across the country, get off the bus at, at, at this little small uh, bus stop, call the school, ask to speak to the coach. Guy has no idea who I am, you know. <laughs> um, so I tell him who I am. He picked me up and literally told me in every way possible in the English language, no, right? Like, I can't help you. I have 25 players on my team. I don't have any scholarships. I don't know what you're going to do. And he took me to the admissions office and dropped me off. Let me interrupt. Is this basketball or football? This is basketball. This is basketball. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, because yeah. you were a basketball player. And, yeah. and, and, so, and so I go to the admissions office. They help me out. And then literally, I don't know where I'm going to sleep. I don't know what I'm going to eat. And I walk to the gym, and the guys are in there playing. They're playing pickup, and the coach is like, hey, you can play the next game. Literally walk on the court, dunk on three guys, and the coach says, you know what? You don't have to worry about anything. You know, and uh, that jump started my, my, my career as an athlete. Mm. So then what was your college career like as Man, a basketball player? Uh, like you're, we're, we're talking about going from basketball. I, I introduced you as the NFL player. What, what happens here? Where does this – where do we get to football? So, so I graduated Ranger College, a junior college, and I go to the University of Nevada on a, on a, a basketball scholarship. Became one of the top rebounders in the nation. Average a double-double. Uh, excited about my, my, my future as, a, as an athlete because I'm thinking I'm going to get drafted. I'm going to get to play in the NBA. Um, didn't get drafted. Uh, and so now I'm like, I'm back to square one. And um, I got offers to go play in Europe. And for whatever reason, like I have this thing in my mind where I just want to play at the highest level. And I couldn't really get excited about going to Europe to play even though they pay well and, and all that good stuff. And so I came back to school to finish my degree. And literally one of the football coaches said, hey, man, you're my favorite basketball player. It's like I love watching you play. But did you know uh, you were playing the wrong sport? <laughs> and so I'm like, what do you mean? He said, man, you should be playing football. Um, invited me out to, to play football. And I played that semester. Um, and after that semester, um, I, I was really thinking, you know, that was it. But then uh, we had a bunch of scouts come up to the school and, and they was asking about this basketball player that played football. And eventually they saw me work out and that was it. They was like, we can teach you how to play football. Let's go. And um, I signed mm. with the Cleveland Browns that spring. Wow. And then going going further, what what was what did you make of your football career? What sort of, what lessons were there? What was your journey like? Oh man, it was amazing, right? So so really perspective. I, I learned like 
how you see the world is 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 what uh the world gives back to you right your your vision of the world and how you see the world and so my first year my rookie year i was on a practice squad in cleveland and everybody everyone that knew me kept calling me and just saying how proud they were of me for being on the practice squad and i was like man i do not want to be on a practice squad like like it was killing me like to be on the practice squad right and I couldn't understand why everyone was excited about it. like I'm like, no, like I don't want to be able to practice, but I want to play. And so <laughs> we talking about practice. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We talking about practice. And so <laughs> and so it just really was eating at me. Um and I and it's one of those things where I just flipped the switch, man. I was like, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. And so they sent me to Europe. At the time they had NFL Europe, um, when they mm-hmm. sent some of the young guys to get experience. And um, I remember they sent a, a group of us together, um, and I was a defensive end, so a group of us was going, and a lot of these guys were more experienced with the bigger schools, universities, things like that. And we were in the in the in the um, doing these workouts together. And I remember telling everybody that I wanted to go to Europe and, and lead the league in sacks, and I wanted to get defensive MVP. And I'm listing off all these things, all these things I wanted to do, and these guys just like burst out laughing in my face. They were like, man, what are you really? talking about, man? You a basketball player? You only played like you you didn't even you was on the practice squad last year, you know that type of thing. And um, so we played ten games over in Europe, and after ten games, I led my team to the World Bowl. Um, I was defensive MVP, led my team in sacks. Um, and so those guys were kind of like, when we came back to the states, they were like, man, we can't believe like we never thought that you would be able to do that. Um, but it really speaks to your ability to control you, right? Because it's hard when people doubt you or people uh, are naysayers. And so your ability to control yourself within is really the the key. And so I learned how to make sure that I didn't let their words or their negativity deter me from my goals. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to show you guys. And literally when we came back, we got back to the States, we had training camp. I made the team and those guys went home. <laughs> it was like, you know, like it, it's, it's really amazing what you can do when you make your mind up. Mm, yeah. It's, a, it's such a cool story, man, with so many valuable lessons in it. Thank you so much for telling your story there. I know you've probably told it many times, <laughs> but I really, it, it's really invaluable. So now, right. You have this company called, quirks. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a relatively new thing. I mean, we've been connected on LinkedIn and interacting there every now and then for for quite some time and I love the videos that you put out and you're talking about quirks and 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 weaving in these lessons and it's great. And so tell me a little bit more about what's next for you and what you're doing right now with this company. Yeah, um one one of the things I decided to do um is really focus on changing the story for athletes. Um, a lot of times you take pro athletes and people are using uh, these misfortunate, op- these misfortunate uh, situations to share information about athletes, whether they're struggling financially or, you know, the, the divorce rate and just all these different things that are happening from a negativity standpoint. And so I decided to really focus on the real problem. Right. Like, what's the real problem? Why, why are athletes having this trouble? Why are people uh, really have their sights set on like telling this narrative? Right. And because, you know, my friends and the guys I know are doing well and, and 
working really hard and doing really meaningful things in life. And so what it comes down to is the story that's being told when it comes to athletes transitioning into business or entrepreneurship or high-impact high careers is really um, about how do you leverage the value that athletes bring. And so we, we, we know that most people, when they go to get a job or they, they start a career, people look at experience. And they're trying to figure out, like, okay, what have you done in the past? And what does your experience say that you're worth? What's your value? Well, if I'm 30 years old and I played six years in the NFL or seven years in the NFL, and I made possibly the league minimum for the last six years, I still have to work, right? Like, I didn't become a, a, a $100 million guy, right? I, I may have made, you know, a, a, a couple million at some point, but taxes and all that eat us away at that. And, you know, so um, how do I tell that story? How do I, how do I share the value that I have to a company and, and help them understand it? And so we switch the story from experience to potential. And we talk about all of these, all the intrinsic value that athletes bring based upon their skill sets, based upon, you know, being in a, a high uh, pressure situation day in and day out and being able to deal with that. And then also being able to deal with adversity over and over and over again. And then being in a high communicative state all the time, because as an athlete, you have to communicate at a high level. So there's really very uh, high level skills that are being translated that we don't put in the conversation. So my company changes that conversation for the companies and brands to help them understand what that intrinsic value is. And then now the athletes have more value in the market. So if you can imagine, Jordan, if you did what you did, whatever your career path was for five, six, 10 years, and then all of a sudden you can't do it anymore. And the marketplace says you have no value. What do you do? Right? Like how do you, mm. how do you actually uh, navigate that? And so we're changing that conversation and changing that story. And we're working with some really big companies, um, companies that understand what that intrinsic value is. And we help tell that story. It's a great cause, man. Some really cool things that you're up to. What would you say is the difference between a brand and a business? Yeah. Um, is there? there? There's definitely a difference. There's definitely a difference. Um, and so and so one of the things that that I, I started to do early on, um, I, I try to uh, navigate both things at the same time. Right. Um, my brand, which is my message, my identity, how people see me how people see my company, what they say about my company, how my company makes them feel. That's my brand. The business itself is my revenue, um, my, my, my strategy when I go to market. Um, it's, it's all of those things that uh, creates transactions and, 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 and currency, right? <laughs> and so you got to have both to really, really be successful. Um, a lot of times people go o OD on brand and everyone knows your brand and then you don't have a way to make money. You, you can't sustain yourself and you can't create recurring revenue or you, you can't do those things. And so um, there's, there's a clear difference, but you have to, in my opinion, do both. Um, but you really lend yourself to what you do well, right? And so fortunately, um, I'm able to really promote our brand really well, um, but it's all based in business. You know, like how do we uncover these new opportunities? Yeah, how do you know if you're, overdosing on brand and not going enough into the business aspect then 
oh, this is very easy. You, you won't have any money. So that's what lets you know when, when you see that, you know, you, you're not having the revenue that you want. Um, you, it's very difficult, difficult to sustain. Um, you realize that you need to dive deeper into the business side of things and, and become more transactional. Definitely. Definitely. So Corey, two things. One, where can people find you online and why should they connect with you online? Yeah, absolutely. So, so like you said earlier, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. So a lot of the, um, a lot of you guys are professionals and, and you want to, uh, connect with other like-minded professionals. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. And the reason why, um, I think individuals should connect with me is just, I, I share a high level of content. You know, I, I really talk about things that are solution based, like how do you implement and execute on things uh, so that you can move the needle right away. Um, so it's not a lot of hype. I'm not a hype guy. I just talk about things that get you, get you excited. But I like to talk about things that you can implement and, and, and change, uh, whether it's your, your brand or your company or, or somewhere in that, that uh, arena. Um, and so LinkedIn is really good. Um, I'm also uh, on uh, Facebook um, at, at Corey A. Jackson. Um, which I, I share content there as well. Um, but for, for all you guys that are really like professionals and like really solid content that can apply to your company and your entrepreneurs, definitely link in with me on LinkedIn. Yeah, totally. I They, they should because, and that's the second thing here. I wanted to acknowledge you, Corey, because what drew me to you was that in your content, your warmth and friendliness exudes in everything you say and do. You can see it in your body language. You can see it in your smile. It was literally the first thing. <clears throat> it was literally the first thing that I noticed when we got on the call before we had our de- our technical difficulties. <laughs> and then, and then you proved yourself because the greatest test of our character or the greatest measure of our character is not in times of of ease and no stress, but in times of adversity and difficulty. And we went through those technical difficulties and you were right there with me working with me you know still all still all there still you Corey so I acknowledge you for your warmth and your friendliness and I think you are doing a fantastic service for these athletes I appreciate that Jordan and and it's just it's this thing um really quickly that 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 people are adopting right now that you have to be a jerk you know to to get people to pay attention to you and, and I think that you should lend yourself to whatever your personality is. And that's what draws people in and be authentic. And so I'm genuinely a happy person. Um, and, and my wife always makes fun of me because, you know, I'm, I'm six, seven, like 280 pounds. Right. But she's like, you always smile and you're always happy. You're like the jolly green giant, you know. Um, but life is good and life is fun, even when you have those challenges, because I, I love challenges because it really tests you and it forces you to to figure out really how to solve those problems and then it also forces you to figure out who you are as a person as a human being so i I love challenges and and i smile through it all yeah Corey jackson the gentle giant i mean you're right man life is fun i'm i mean even through those challenges i mean in this this week in my life alone it's been the busiest week of probably my entire life and like just crazy but I am happier than I've ever been in my entire life. So exactly right. I agree with what you're saying. Now, Corey, my final question is, if you were to teach a course 
at a university, a course of your creation or otherwise, what would that be? Yeah, uh, it would probably be how to win by building a brand that's different. Um, you know, I think people uh, avoid or uh, are not don't embrace their, their uniqueness enough. And so people are starting to mimic other people or other brands or other companies because that seems like the cool thing to do. Um, and so I would really focus on really how do you build something really dope, really cool and, and be different and be yourself and, because that's what people's go, people are going to buy. They're going to buy you and no one wants a, you know, a knockoff, right? Like, like it just doesn't work. Like you can get some attention for the moment, but it doesn't last. It's not a forever thing, you know? Corey Jackson, you're the man. Thank you. Appreciate it, Jordan. Thank you. There you have it, my friends. This has been another episode of the Growth Mindset University podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this one today, I would really appreciate it if you could leave us a quick five-star rating in iTunes. All you have to do is grab your iPhone or iPad, open up the Apple Podcast app, hit the search tab, search the show Growth Mindset University, or just search my name, Jordan Paris, tap the show, scroll all the way to the bottom, and then just hit that fifth star, and that helps us tremendously in ways that you could never even imagine. It means the absolute world to me when people do this. I would be eternally grateful if you do that. We're pushing 100 ratings right now, and it's really making a difference for this show. And of course, if you've not already subscribed to the show, just make sure you do that wherever you're listening to so that you don't miss that next episode. I know you're not going to want to miss it. And you only heard this episode today because I thought it was valuable enough to post here. So if you want to share that value with your friends, your family, go ahead and do that. Share this episode with them. Take a screenshot. Send it to them. Take a screenshot. Put it on your Instagram story and tag me at J underscore Paris underscore so that I know you're listening and I can get back to you and put a face to the name. Now, if you're ready to really take your life to the next level, my book is on Amazon. It is also called Growth Mindset University. It's all about how to learn anything, how to take control of your life, and how to fulfill your vision of success. And you're not just supporting me and this channel by getting this book, but you're also getting this awesome book that's going to lay out the rules and principles to design your life full of joy and fulfillment. All right. I love you all so very much. And until next time, my friends, make every day count, live to learn, and grow to give. <laughs>